obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast. Live from the lab. Robbie G. Live from the man cave. First day of March, we finally made it through that crazy month of February with ice storms and snow and all of that crazy weather. It's uh, springtime is around the corner and NFL free agency is around the corner. So we're going to have some news and notes talking about a little bit of football, a lot of hockey and a whole lot of basketball with the Wizards surprising some folks with a three and two week. Capitals had a three and one week. And we have another great episode in store for you tonight. Robbie G, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, I'm really excited to do this show. I've had a lot of fun on our Facebook page. I'll just give it a quick shout out, facebook.com slash sports OTHP. We are live streaming a Zoom version of this right now over there. Uh, but I've been doing these uh, recaps whenever we win. And I call them uh, Wizards uh, win wrap-up shows for the Wizards recap, Wizards win, you know. And... Uh, I did six of them this week because uh, whenever we won, I went on and I did one of these shows and people seem to really like them. And so I really appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in and checking those out this week and uh, a lot of wins to talk about. So it's pretty exciting. Two weeks in a row, we have six wins uh, between the two teams, uh, three wins for each team for both weeks. So that's pretty cool. Um, as you said, we'll break down uh, the the four Caps games uh, with Anna in a few minutes, and then uh, we'll bring the round table back in. we got a lot to talk about. Those five, five uh, Wizards games, including uh, the Lakers game, we kind of started on air. And even though they were losing when we were on air, I said on that show we were going to come back and win that game. And sure enough, we did. And I stayed up to 1 o'clock in the morning because it went to overtime. Uh, we were able to win that game. So we got a lot to break down with that. But uh, exciting. So I, was, I was actually watching that game, and then – LeBron took over and it was like a one point game. So I turned it off because I felt like I was being the jinx. And then when I flipped to it at the end, I saw that they won. So I was like, I said, you know, I'm not a big NBA fan. So I think I might have threw off the whole curve when I started watching the game. So, yeah, no, I, uh, well, I appreciate you turning it off because, you know, so they were up. Uh, and then, of course, the Lakers come back. And I was like, oh, no, this is, and then it goes to overtime. 
And I'm like, this is where the Lakers just take over. They've got LeBron. It's overtime. It's in their building. And uh, they surprised me. Uh, They were able to keep it going and were able to win a a difficult overtime game. But we'll break more of that game down as well as uh, the week for the Wizards. Um, And if people want to see Carol's point of view, I know that he's unfortunately still on uh, Facebook jail. I know we won't won't get into too too much into that, but uh, you can catch him live on his YouTube channel. So if you go to sportsatthp.com, we have the link to his YouTube channel. Also, I think you're streaming on Periscope. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm still on Periscope. They're switching over to Twitter at the end of the month, so I got to figure out what that transition is going to mean. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm on restriction on Facebook for posts from two years ago, and then they just tacked me another 30 days that I can't live stream. So, Rob Riley, I appreciate you doing all the videos for the page because you know normally. You know, I'm trying to keep stuff, keep stuff posting on the page. And unfortunately, since uh, I've been on restrictions for, seems like forever, you know, I appreciate you uh, sharing all of these great videos and putting out the content on the page. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm always happy to, to pick up the slack. But uh, yeah, it's been a, a crazy week. Um, let's just talk about a couple of other topics that are off uh, Wizards and Caps just at the be- very beginning here. I know there's been a lot of uh, talk with the Washington football team uh, this morning, all the rumors about Alex Smith uh, leaving. It hasn't been finalized to, to my knowledge yet, but um, nothing official, but it looks like it. And Arun is giving you numbers that actually if we held on to him a little bit longer, we may have been able to actually get more money off the books, but I think they want him off sooner. So that way we can try to bring other people in. Um, so I was seeing a number about how somehow if, if, it, if he stayed on the roster longer, they make more money. Do you, do you ever see any of that numbers or is, well, I know the league year doesn't start, you know, until I think the, until the first day of free agency. So they're not going to release him. I don't feel, or I don't think, I have to check with my sources. I've had a chance to, you know, talk to anybody today since I was at work. But um, if they wait till the league year starts, it's going to be, from what I saw, uh, was it 11 million a day cap space. And because he was supposed to make 24 million, it's going to be 11 million to be in cap space and 13 million to get freed up, which would put them at 52 million above the cap, with the cap around 180 is what they're uh, estimating what it, I believe it is this year. Yeah. So I'm, but, yeah, I'm trying um, to see if I could pull up uh, if, if Arun ever answered me because I wanted him to. Uh, to talk about uh, the cap space, but maybe we'll have him uh, answer that question a little bit uh, later. But it looked like he was saying um, uh, that it could have been 19 million in cap uh, if they designated him as a June one cut. But if they do it earlier, it's 14.7 uh, that they can get back. So yeah, you're, you're not going uh, <clears> to <throat> excuse me, basically hold a veteran hostage for a couple million dollars, which I wouldn't be fair to him. To going, you know, to another team and you know, free agency when it starts on the seventeenth, and then holding him till June first for it would be both. It would be bad for both parties. So they'll probably do that because that you've seen them do that before with other veterans to give them a chance to get picked up by another team and somebody else wants to, you know, take the take the chance on them and they're more than welcome to. But I definitely understand the logic behind it. I mean, you're sort of writing on the walls from the supposed interview with the writer that didn't know football and misquoted him and those comments that was made in the GQ interview to him retracting that and the stories coming out about some of the things that Coach Rivera said rubbing the wrong way. So you could pretty much see the writing on the wall. Uh, I was, you know, the best thing would have happened if he would have, you know, been in the mindset of retired and 
you know, it'd have been a whole different situation with the cap. It wouldn't have been as hard of a hit because he decided to retire. But, you know, he decided he still like he can still play this game. I mean, it's hard to argue. Comeback player of the year. I mean, how could you say that he couldn't put another year together from what he just I mean, did? He, he could, but we saw with his stretch run, he still couldn't, uh, you know, compete because of the wear and tear on that leg. After 17 surgeries on that leg, it, he's going to get fatigued. and It's not even going to be injury. It's just that he's going to be tired. And he's, in their eyes, and I believe me and DNA spoke on this towards the end of the season, that is he going to be able to play 16 games? And right. even if he doesn't get injured, the fatigue on that leg, I don't, at the head, his age is not going to hold up. So the mindset here is we have a young team. That's why they're so far under the cap because they have a lot of rookies on rookie contracts. And, you know, that, and Bruce Allen, even though everybody hated him, he fixed a lot of the cap issues that he had, that we had while he was here. So, we're in a good position. I believe they're the team that has the fourth most money to spend in free agency. And, you know, folks are concerned about the quarterback situation with Alex, you know, getting released. But they're going to have money to throw at another free agent quarterback. It's a several that's uh, going to be on the market. There's been a lot of talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I really don't agree with that. But like I said, it's just a rumor at this point. <clears throat> but it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason because now, with the culture change with them winning their division this year. Now players are actually going to want to come here. We've heard years and years and years that, you know, players don't want to come here because of dysfunction and, you know, all the bad press and all the you know, losing that was going around here. Now that they see that the things have, you know, taken a turn in a better direction, you know, some you know players are going to want to come here. It's not going to be hard to get high quality created to help improve the team. Because, you know, even though they won a division, there's still some holes on this team that's going to have to get filled. Uh, there's also some question marks on some players that also might get cut. Landon Collins is another uh, player that might be a cap casualty along with the way Cameron Curl stepped up playing safety once uh, Collins went down with the Achilles injury. And he's on the books, I believe, for $17 million this year. So it's going to be interesting all when all season starts on the 17th to see who's going to uh, be a cap casualty and, you know, what direction this team is going to go in with that much money to spend. And a lot of talented free agents out there that can fill some holes on this team. Yeah, especially with the COVID situation, there's a lot of players that are coming off of a lot of teams' books. So you might be able to get somebody on maybe a little bit cheaper deal than you normally would because they're trying to find a place and there's just not a lot of money. We'll actually probably have the most cap space available, surprisingly, or one of the most uh, now with this move. Uh, one other little miniature news and note, they did come out and say that they will go by the Washington football team again next year, and they've sort of started the process and uh, explaining the timeline of you know how they're going to go about the new naming process. How Right now, there's a fan submission website where you can send artwork and names and stuff, and then they'll sort of weed all that down, and then uh, from that, I'm sure there'll be like a vote, and they'll bring the fans in, and they'll sort of narrow it down to whatever... Uh, the best pick is for the franchise and for the fans. So uh, I think they're probably doing it right, uh, as good as you possibly can. Uh, I have no problem with it. I know some people will always be mad that they're no longer the Washington Redskins. Uh, I get that uh, to some extent. Uh, it is still tough for me. I still sometimes slip up. Uh, but at the same time, I think uh, one year under this new name or you know, 
and new culture they're trying to grow we've seen dividends so for me i'm going to ride with it right so let's see how they continue to, to grow and uh i have faith in uh, in this team i may have not had faith in the team before to do this correctly but they put the right people in place in management uh, i really like what julia has done she's been great on our show in the past and uh, i'm ex excited where the, the sort of the future of this team is it, it amazes me how some folks are still very upset about the name change. You know, I, like I said, I'm uh, not on Facebook right now, so I've been on Twitter a lot. And folks are still posting about how upset they are that the name has changed and they need to bring it back. And I'm like... They're not going to go backwards. I don't know who actually thinks that there's any chance that they pick the Redskins to be the next name. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's zero chance. Folks have to understand change, you know, is going to happen. You have to get used to the change. And, you know, the name was changed before, you know. So, I mean, get over it for real. I mean, you know. I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, Ms. Judy Donaldson on, she said that they were going to, you know, try to get fan involvement in the name change, even though we heard that Brandon Woods was the leading candidate, but they wanted to get some, you know, the fans involved and make them a part of it too. So that's exactly what they're doing. And yeah, you know somebody's going to put a red skin on there. You know, you already know what's going to happen. So it's a, uh, it's going to be interesting how everything goes down. And, you know, I don't have a problem with calling Washington football team uh, on the air. I still call it, you know, the R word when I'm talking to some folks just, you know, talking football. I don't really stress saying watching football too all the time. So. But on the air, you know, that's what we do to be politically correct. So. Right. Uh, also, I'll say hi to uh, Mark Moore, uh, who's been tuning in. Um, he says LeBron is not clutch. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. I agree. Uh, although I did like what LeBron did with the Lakers last year, but I'm still putting MJ1. Uh, but Mark Moore pair the two two different areas. Of I, I I agree. All right, let's not get into that debate. That's going to be a whole mm. different show. Mm. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But Mark Moore says uh, Washington football team for life, and we need a left tackle and another big receiver. Uh, and then Tony says the Caps got to play sixty minutes and they get the lead. They can't take the foot off the pedal. Charo will help them beat Boston. So that's a great segue right there. So I appreciate Mark and Tony for tuning in live. Uh, I'm about to actually share this to a bunch of Caps groups, um, and uh, we'll use that segue to bring Anna in as well. And um, uh, first of all, Anna, how are you doing? And Thanks. I'm going to share this to a couple of Caps groups uh, while you give your intro, and then we'll get into hockey talk. Absolutely, I'm doing great. Been fully vaccinated and I'm ready to go back to the classroom on March 16th. So uh, March is going to be a big month. Uh, today is my daughter's birthday. My birthday. Thank you. Uh, mine's on the 10th. We don't need to talk about numbers and whatnot, <laughs> but um, it's all good. And I'm, you know, it, it's, I think it's, it's been a year of kind of reflection. You know, if you really think about, like I heard the news that, I think the first COVID um, diagnosis or, uh, was about a year ago, either today or yesterday. And you really think about it, like it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year of kind of craziness, but I am so grateful for um, like this podcast for, for you guys, for everything, you know, for sports. And, and I think that we kind of learned a lot about ourselves and um I'm looking forward to 2021. Just yeah, it's weird. 
Liz's birthday, which is the 13th of the month, you know, to oh, me marks the, yeah, it marks the beginning of this whole thing. We went out yeah. to dinner with her and that's the <laughs> last time I've gone out to dinner, like without masks and all of that since then. So like that is sort of, it is a it's, point for me. So, and yeah. for us, uh, for the teachers, it was, yeah, Friday the 13th, yeah, <laughs> which exactly. was March, Friday the 13th. So it's very bizarre, but um, I'm kind of feeling, uh, wanting to feel optimistic about moving forward. So we'll yeah. see. And I'm over the rain. Yes, I am too. <laughs> oh, one thing I, yeah, one thing I wanted to mention before we get started, I just want to do like a quick scheduling update. So we're into March now, which, I, you know, I appreciate and also think is kind of crazy that, um, you know, we're already this far into the year, although yeah. February seemed like it took forever. Um, but in March, so this is the last season of season five of Sports on the Hill pod, or last month of season five of Sports on the Hill podcast. So oh, wow. um, on the third week of this month, um, the uh, which is the 15th, if I can do my math, um, is going to be our five-year anniversary special, which is kind of cool. And then Huge. on the... And then on the 22nd, we'll have our season five finale, uh, which will be the last show that's just hockey and basketball before we get into the baseball season. And then we're going to take the 29th as a week off. It's our spring, my spring break. Spring and break, yeah. we should take the, uh, a week off there. I don't, I don't know if that's when your spring break is. It as is, well. yeah. Um, so that's perfect. And then uh, we'll come back April 5th uh, with the start of season six of Sports on the Hill podcast when we'll bring baseball into the fall. We're still trying to figure out uh, when we'll put baseball versus hockey versus basketball. We'll, Carol and I will <laughs> talk offline about how we're going to juggle all of it, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Uh, but it's but, all good stuff. Oh, good. I'm, I'm excited. So excited. Yeah. Season, season five was the COVID season. It was sort of shortened. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, tonight uh, is uh, episode 30. It's been 30 weeks since we've uh, come back <laughs> from uh, that COVID break. Even a couple more. We missed one or two weeks with weeks off, but uh, it's pretty crazy to think that we're on episode 30 uh, and uh, yeah, it's been an exciting run and I'm happy to do these Zoom calls with you. It's something new that we did with season five and obviously we'll yeah. bring it to season six, but, uh, but it's been super fun uh, with that. But let's, with all of that, um, let's get into some hockey talk. Uh, last we left off, we were going to have two games against the Penguins and two against um, the New Jersey Devils. Uh unfortunately we have to break down that first penguins game but i'll let you uh, break down the scoring <laughs> of that while i share two yep. caps groups and then we can move on from there of course so uh last tuesday the caps and the pens played in dc in the first period pen scored uh the only goal at six for 641 with the power play goal uh second period cap scored at 438 with a wrister by ponick um assisted by chara and carlson Connor Sheary scored his fifth at 13-18 um, to give the Caps a 2-1 lead, but the Pens tied it up at 13-40, and there were no goals in the third, and we headed into overtime, and here we go, 1-43, the Pens score, so it was a 3-2 loss. Uh, I will say... Uh, and I know I, I feel like frustrating and uh, inconsistent, like it's just these like common words that I keep using, but I feel like this was just a really um, kind of what the hell game, <laughs> to be honest. It was, it was very much like the Capitals came on the ice and were not ready to play. 
uh, were not ready to, uh, they just weren't with it. (laughs) They were not, it was, I don't know. It was a very frustrating game for me, to be honest. There was a huge, and um, I think the word I used before was disconnect. And I think this was a a huge disconnect uh, with the team. They just kind of didn't seem to be in it. And to go off of what Tony said in the chat, definitely not 60 minutes of hockey and definitely a frustration. Yeah, Carol, what is your initial thoughts on this? And then I'll give my take. Uh, this one, I just feel Pittsburgh just outplayed the Cowboys this game. You look at the shot disparity, uh, they outshot them in every period except for the third. And the Cowboys only got seven shots on goal, and Pittsburgh got six. So, uh, face off, which has been a problem, you know, yeah. throughout the season, uh, they did get better towards the end of the week. But I know we'll talk about that in the remaining games, but you also have the competition you're going against. But uh, this game, I just feel like Pittsburgh outplayed him. Um, I got to give a shout out to the to the uh, double V man. He's out there doing it, you know, as a rookie uh, coming up from the EHL and not being inspected. I think we spoke on the last week, not being inspected to, you know, not know if he was going to play, be a backup, start what, and the work that he's putting in, and he's getting more and more comfortable out there. So yeah, but he he's playing his ass off. They still haven't been able to get him his first shutout, even though they had a couple of chances in the third period where they had a chance and they gave up a, a bad goal or uh, ended up giving a penalty up and getting the power play goal to get the other team into it. But he's been playing some uh, great goaltending. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's done some of the best numbers of any rookie goaltender for the Capitals in history. I mean, we talked about it early <laughs> on, but the workload that he's getting, I mean, he's putting up, I think he's got right now uh, the most wins of any rookie goaltender in the league. And he's like mm-hmm. top five in wins overall, you know, which is really incredible when he was not even supposed to be the workhorse. It was obviously supposed to be Sam. And we'll get into Sam's uh, first game back in a little bit. Um, I know that Carol and I were going to have a little bit of a debate about Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we, we had a pre-show debate. Um, so we'll see if, how much of that comes uh, into play here. How but, did I miss that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was uh, out, boy. I was like, man, you know, those two weak goat, man. I, I know there were weak goats. We'll get to there. But like, uh, you know, I still think it's how you finish, not how you start, especially when you haven't played in a month. So yeah. uh, but we'll get into that game in a little bit. But overall, I, I'll be honest. I missed the first period, which obviously seemed like it was the worst period of this game in the sense that Malkin scored and no Capitals did. I came down uh, and switched jerseys and I put on you know this you know, beautiful jersey and I was hoping that the debut jersey for this nice new one would be a win. Uh, and it was looking good. I mean, they scored the next two goals, including Connor Sherry, who continues mm-hmm. to really uh, destroy awesome. the Penguins, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and, uh, and then, of course... They get one back just a couple of seconds later, which is what the backbreaker, right? We we take that two one lead and immediately it's taken away. And as you said, no scoring in the third, and then um, not a not a good goal. I mean, overtime such a crapshoot. You know, there's just all these two on one, you know, going back and forth usually. Um, well, and an and an overtime goal with a, a twin of Phil Kessel. I mean. Mm-hmm. This guy, I like, I can't, like, when I look at him, it's like, oh my gosh, like, 
doppelganger. <laughs> it's like crazy it's to me, but yes. I, w- I wonder if he likes hot dogs as much as. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, it's just tough to lose to Pittsburgh. So I'm not yeah. going to get too far into this because the best way to get a bad taste of a Pittsburgh loss out of our mouth is to talk about it's a serious. win of, against Pittsburgh. So why don't we? Um, get, why don't you get into the scoring of this game and then we'll yeah. get. Perfect. So now we have the pens uh, and now we have a 180, which to me is uh, the best way to go. So we have Faction scoring his ninth, which was the only goal in the first um, at 1120. And uh, with his assist by Jensen, who is one that we, uh, well, maybe not you guys so much, but I have definitely thrown under the bus. And I am so happy to see that he is making progress and uh, making a name for himself because I knew he could. He just wasn't. Uh, no goals in the second and third period um, has Oshi scoring his fifth, which to me, I was speechless watching this. I don't know, Carol and, and Robbie, if you guys saw this. Yes, um, I, I had never wanted a couple of times when I saw it live. I was like, did that just happen? It uh, reminds me so much of Ovechkin's one where he's on his butt, you know, when he's like sliding <laughs> backwards. This time he's like airborne and then he like somehow pokes, it. pokes at the, yeah. the puck and it flies straight up and up and over the goalie, which I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. I how do you do that in motion? I don't know. No, anybody that hasn't watched it at least uh, 10 times to say, holy shit, like that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's all you could say was, how did he do that? But he was happy that he did it. But he was like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's I, definitely, I mean, they tweeted it, um, you know, goal of the year candidate, question mark. Um, and uh, so if you go back to my recap of that uh, episode in the description, I put a link to the Twitter video. So if anyone missed it, uh, the Capitals do a good job of, um, you know, isolating the goals and uh, doing quick tweets. Which I and appreciate. I think it made like uh, somebody said it, the top 10 goals uh, on ESPN. It was like number three or something, but whatever it was uh, for us, it was a number one. It was, it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Well, I guess that was top three of like overall. I mean, yeah. Sports Center. I, I can't imagine that there are two better goals than that one. Um, you know, no way. So with that goal, uh, you have Eller, that was Eller's sixth assist and Carlson's 11th. Um, and then a minute later, the Pens score to tie it up. But um, the Pens score, so they score again at 722, but the remaining minutes, the Capitals dominated. And Wilson scores his seventh with a power play goal at 1240. Carl Haglin scores his second uh, with an empty netter. And Eller scores at 1908, 1908 excuse me, with an empty netter. This was just a, a fast, clean, exactly how you want the Capitals to play kind of game, um, especially with the faceoff being 61.4%. Like that, to me, for the faceoff, that is, that is showing everything's moving in the right direction. So this was a fantastic game. Yeah, Carol, what are some of your thoughts on it? I definitely agree. Give a quick scoring update in the Carolina-Florida game. Florida just scored with around three minutes left in the third. 
Uh, it's two to one going against Carolina Hurricanes. It's been a very uh, physical it's, game. It's crazy that the Southeast is kind of like <laughs> the best part of that division, right? You got Tampa Bay, you got Florida, you got Carolina as three of the top five teams <laughs> in that division. And like when we used to play them, those were like we used to beat up on them. It's just yeah. so, what a weird world. That's so weird. Hey, realignment, you know, it's the COVID world. So we've seen a lot of different uh, matches, <laughs> a lot of different rivalries are starting we would have never thought of. But uh, getting back to the 5-2 victory, uh, this was a, a great bounce-back game after the, the disappointing loss uh, to them previously. Um, it was good to see uh, that power play goal by Wilson uh, to, to get, uh, you know, preserve the game and game-winning goals because that game could have definitely went a different way once Pittsburgh had tied it up. But uh, it was good to see them keep their foot on the pedal, like you mentioned earlier. And, you know, didn't look back and kept fighting, kept hustling. And then the two empty netters were just, you know, icing on the cake. But it was a definite total effort. Uh, they outshot them 35 to 28. As you mentioned, the uh, face-offs, uh, 61%. And they scored on the power play. We've seen them, you know, lately get three or four opportunities and not score. They at least went one for three. And, uh, you know, 24 hits as opposed to 21. You know, they throwing their weight around once they got the lead. And, you know, that's always a good thing. So um, two things. Uh, one is the Pittsburgh media is very angry at Tom Wilson because there was a hit. Oh, early that hit. That <laughs> uh, so it, it was a little late. I'll be honest. It was a little, it was little, a little late. late. A little it was late. Delayed. But the media <laughs> outcries is Tom Wilson yeah. back? Is he, you know, is he hurting people again? Let's talk about all the times he hurt people in the past. disregarding the fact that he's played so differently over the last two years, Mm -hmm. but like the media hammered him. But going back to that hit, that was, that was a hell of a hit because it knocked the wind out of the dude was on the ground for a little while after that hit. And the chirping that happened afterwards is like, and I'm like, he's saying, this is fucking great. It's a great hit. And which is enraging the Pittsburgh media even more. And the fans, like if you read Twitter after that, exploded with the hatred of Tom Wilson. They hate him. And and I love it. He can't go to to Pittsburgh without a pistol. (laughs) Yeah. But then him to get the game winning goal, right? Because it's that's (laughs) the third goal. (laughs) Oh, just salt in the wound. And so I just I had to bring that little element up there because I'm so happy he did. Because when he scores this power play goal, right? And it it was a power play goal. Um at the time we had been hemorrhaging goals, right? In the in the span of about four minutes, uh that went from two nothing to two two. Right, and then this happens about five minutes later. There's the uh, the power play, and it's much needed. And it's a it's a great goal uh, with an assist by John Carlson, who's been playing phenomenal. The Capitals said that he is their defensive player of the month. They now actually give awards for their own players for the month. I don't know about that, but but anyway, he they're saying he's the and I don't blame him. And the numbers are great. He's uh, Mm -hmm. top two defensive players in points right now. and he's been playing much better. I know that we, uh, early on in the season, we thought John Carlson had some iffy games. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I have seen an impressive, I love Carl Haglin getting an empty netter, ex-Penguin. <laughs> uh, and then Lars Eller, the Tiger, uh, I like that he got one as well. Because in my mind, you can never have too many goals against the Penguins. I would have been happy if it was 10 to 2. So, um, 
you know, so I was uh, I was pretty happy. It was well deserved because hopefully they've been working hard and have been uh, snake bitten when it comes to scoring. So I know they were uh, happy to at least get a goal on the ball because there's been a couple of chances Hagelin. He's had some clean looks and you know, somehow missed it. Eller, he's made some good plays and got robbed by some good goalies. So I know just to get that goal on the ball was just like, all right, at least I got a, ball, a goal. I've been robbed so many times. So it, I was happy that they got on the ball too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just going to check in right here. Um, so somebody's asking, why do they do three and three overtime? Why don't they play with five? And, I, and the answer is because they want to have more goals. They want it to yeah. end in overtime and not uh, go to a shootout. Um, and Gil's watching, so hello, Gil. And, um, <laughs> and how do you uh, play overtime without Ovi on the ice? I think he was a little bit nicked up and injured. So I think to answer the question, yeah. that's why he wasn't on the ice. take a maintenance day the next day. Right, exactly. And, yeah. um, you know, Ovi isn't the fastest player. He's a big guy and he's great, but, uh, and I know that he's scored a lot of overtime goals, but unless he's at peak form and peak speed, he could get burned really easily going the other yeah. way. It's all, it's a speed game in these three on three overtimes. And it's just too much of a liability at that point and save him because maybe save his energy. If it does go to a shootout, maybe you put him, I know he's not great at it but like maybe he's still one of your top five shootout people right. so uh that that makes some sense uh to me so i appreciate everyone uh for ch uh chiming in and uh asking questions i have a uh, quick scoring update all right go for it carolina florida game oh, wow. carolina pulled the goalie and scored a uh, game time goal with uh two minutes left on the clock to make it two two uh, right. as soon as i gave the first update i turned around and scored again they scored this guy the game Wow. So this, this has been a good game, man. That, that's awesome. Um, all right. So I think that we've talked about that Pittsburgh game. I mean, it, it was a great game. Uh, let's yeah. get into uh, the two New Jersey games. You know, this is the opportunity for the Capitals where uh, everyone's like, oh, you just beat Jersey in two games, whatever, whatever. Good teams. Not whatever, beat, whatever. Exactly. Good teams have to beat quote unquote bad teams. And I'm not even sure New Jersey is a bad team. Um, and uh, and rebuilding. Exactly. And too often do teams play down to the level of the competition. And I felt like I didn't really see that in these games. I thought that the Capitals played well, as do New Jersey. I thought uh, New Jersey played well. And these games, even though the yeah. first game looks like a blowout, I think is a much closer game. And that second game was very tight. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so let's talk about the scoring on, in the Saturday earlier um, game first. Yeah, and then I'll get Carol's thought. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just to kind of go off of what you just said, I think that uh, the Devils give um, the Capitals uh, like, oh, that perfect push. Like, it, it's not so much the rival of the Penguins, but I think that it is a, it is a perfect match on ice, and, and I really enjoy watching these games. So Saturday we had to, uh, to Newark to play the Devils. And at 3.36, Hathaway scores his third, assisted by Schultz and Haglin. And 90 seconds later, Sprong scores his third, assisted by Dylan and Carlson. And at 13.40, Eller scores his fourth to give the Capitals a 3-0 lead, uh, which I don't think a lot of us expected so early, especially in the first period. But 
I'll take Especially an afternoon game. Our afternoon starts have been very <laughs> sleepy. So like we've been lucky to kind of stay in it in the first and then like win it in the second and third if we won it. I mean, the only afternoon game we'd even won to this point, I'll remind people, is the New Jersey game the previous Sunday. So it wasn't like right. uh, we had won a lot of these afternoon games. In fact, uh, we were, I believe, one, two and three or one, three and two, one of those. But either way, not a lot of wins. Exactly. So um, although I thought it was going to be a 3-0 closeout in the first, the Devils do score at 18-16 with the power play goal to close out the first. Um, And the Devils do score the only goal um, in the second. They're just like, okay, what's going to happen next? Third period has Vrana scoring his sixth at 11-49 and Dowd closing out uh, the third with an empty netter at 19-06 for a 5-2 win. Um, And I felt like this was... This was the Capitals team that we needed to see for a long time. And this is the Capitals team that we need to see consistently from now on. Um, I know Kuzi wasn't on ice, but I felt like the lines were good. It was tight. Uh, they were exactly where they needed to be. But I, I don't know. There's something about this Devils team that I think is like a perfect, like it's a good match. And because the Devils are, they have their veterans, but they also have a ton of young players. So I think that it's a good balance. And I think that, um, you know, it makes for very fast and awesome hockey to watch. So this was a very fun game. Yeah, Carol, what were some of your thoughts? Very true, very true. Uh, Kuzi is, uh, he has, a, I think it's an upper body injury. That's why uh, Sprong was in the game. And whenever he's got a chance to get in there, he's been, uh, you know, playing very well. He has a great shot. And we saw that. On that goal, um, with New Jersey, I was looking at a stat that <laughs> the Capitals have won what is it, twenty-seven out of the last thirty-one games against the Devils. So the Devils, you know, they're going through a rebuild. They got Jack Hughes. That dude is going to be nice. He's only been in the league now, going on two years. He's nineteen years old. <laughs> but they definitely have a bright future. But right now, you know, the Capitals are just you know, too good for them. You know, they play them tough, they play them tight. But at the end of the day, you know, like you say, the Cavaliers are going to need to beat the teams that they should beat. And that's what they end up doing the most of the time with New Jersey. So it was a good, you know, effort, a good, uh, I'm not going to say barometer, but it was a good, a good game to see what this team can do, you know, when they're playing at their best, especially coming off of, the, the Pittsburgh victory, you wanted to see how they would play. And like Bobby said, sometimes yeah. they play down to their competition. This game, they didn't do that and got off to a fast a fast start, scoring three goals in the first. And, you know, that kind of kept them going in the direction they needed to go into the next game. They could kind of coast in the second and then sort of put it on in the third and not have to expend all their energy. I don't want them to coast a lot of games, but it gave them an opportunity to like conserve a little energy and play, you know, for the back to back, which that long change is a beast on on the road. So yeah, like I said, the second period, that might have played something into it. That's a good point, Robbie. Yeah. So I think, um, 
I was shocked to get three goals so early to speak to your point about that. So I have one of these Budweiser uh, goal horns in my man cave. Mm-hmm. And this season, uh, the hockey games are even more on of a delay than they were in previous years, which makes a lot of sense. They're calling these games remotely from the studio. So it's fed to them. They're calling it and then it's sent to us. Right. right. So it's not, um, it's not in the moment. I know while we're watching, we're thinking that's live, but really that's probably 15 <laughs> seconds, maybe 20 seconds ago. Right. right. Um, which is true of most sports. Um, you know, usually there's at least a five to 10 second delay, but this one, this year it's even longer. So my goal horn goes off about 12 to 15 seconds before the play. <laughs> so like, so like it gives me time to go sit down, get a beer, you know, sit and watch, and then let it all unfold. At least, is- at least you don't miss. It. At least you don't miss. It. So it's kind of funny because you know Zach goes running around and he's goal. You know, ever a goal on the screen, and so like let's watch it together. You know so. Um, but my dad made the point that it was a little anticlimactic, right? Because if you see a shot on goal and you didn't hear a goal horn 13 seconds ago, right. you know that we don't get it in, right? So <laughs> I wanted to get it a little bit closer because 13 seconds is a long time. Um, but so I was trying to adjust it because you can actually add delay to the goal horn in the app. Wow. So this was a phenomenal game for me to test this because it was goal, you know, up the delay a little bit, another goal, uh, need to up it a little bit more. And then the third one, I got it almost perfect. So that way the goal horn went off with with the actual thing. So uh, I I wanted to thank the Capitals for helping me troubleshoot my uh, goal horn uh, with this first period. And uh, so that was uh, very enjoyable. And I'm happy that they held on uh, and and won the game. And Verona had a great birthday weekend right so i mean he scored yes. a goal in this game and i will use that as sort of our way to go into the next game yeah. um we had a great well, before, we go, okay. uh, before we go to the next game i saw something about ron and got benched in the second period for not showing effort and that third period goal, that breakaway was uh, kind of what spurred that on now I actually watched the replay of the game at like ten o'clock because you know I didn't get a chance to watch it out there work live, and I can say uh, during that first period on defense he was just you know out there skating. You didn't really see him out there giving mm-hmm. effort, and that's the one thing I got to give credit to your coach. He you know set him down and he got instant results from it, and then ah. like I said piggyback into the next game on his birthday. But yeah. Uh, I did notice that, you know, I'm, I'm a Ronda fan and I didn't notice it until I saw someone say that he got benched in the second. So I made sure to look out for it. And yeah, he was a little lacking <laughs> in my first period. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's very true. One thing I did want to mention, I'm trying to pull up the stat right here. Let's see. Here it is. Um, on on Saturday. So from. Uh, through his first 20 games, this is a stat that happened on Saturday. Uh, through his first 20 games as head coach of the Capitals, Laviolette is 11, 5, and 4 at the time, tied for the best 20 game start by a head coach in franchise history. So I know that a couple of weeks ago we were questioning is, it, you know, is he worth it? Is he not? You know, we were talking about how he needed to get off to a fast start. Yeah. As a Capitals head coach, I was saying, let's give him a year at least and let's really yeah. touch him by next year when he's got a full offseason and a full year under his you know, system. But this isn't a bad start to his tenure, you know, so no, no in, a doubt, very, no in a very tough division. But so, I appreciate like, yeah, the I, fact I that he does. Him. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I was just sitting back and observing, you know. But right. uh, all your quick scoring update, Carolina scored in overtime 3-2 over Florida. 
after Florida tied it up with two minutes left. Carolina <coughs> on and get the second point over Florida. Florida's been playing well, but whenever it goes overtime, it doesn't ever turn out well for them often. That's true. All right, well, so those were good points. Uh, Verona, maybe resting a little extra, gave him a bit of a spark for his birthday. Um, you know, the, the Capitals hyped up his birthday going into it, yeah. you know, with all the social media. Uh, and then during the game, they even had some really nice packages about him. And in fact, after one of those packages, he scored a goal, which I thought was kind of cool because he obviously doesn't know what's happening on TV. Right, right. Uh, but um, break down the scoring uh, in this game, and then uh, we'll talk a bit about it. Sure thing. So yesterday the puck dropped at three o'clock and it has a double scoring first at 645, followed by the birthday boy, Verona, tying it up at 1539, assisted by Wilson, which was his ninth and Dylan's seventh. Uh, second period has uh, Robbie's number 19, Nicholas Backstrom scoring his 10th. So fantastic. Um, at 2.32, assisted by Wilson and Brana to give it a 2-1 lead. <clears throat> Excuse me, the devil score a minute later. Uh, but at 13.37, the captain scores his seventh, assisted by Eller and Jensen. <laughs> Thank you, Vanna White. <laughs> um, and uh, no goals in the third. And this was the time to see the kick-ass face-off percentage because the Capitals were 67.4%. And that is what I've wanted to see for so long. Like, you know, finally get someone or two players in there, whether it's Dowd and Backstrom or whomever it is for that face-off. And that is the best percentage we've seen in a while. This was just great. I mean, it was, it was fun hockey to watch. It was, uh, they looked like they were in their groove and you just can't go wrong um not just like you know with the, the captain scoring but just the overall and then of course welcoming samsonov back yeah so, and i know that has mixed reviews from people but right Let, let's let's have that mixed reviews <laughs> now carol so uh, first of all i just want to say jacob rana one goal one assist great birthday a lot of energy he was yeah. a big part of that nicholas backstrom goal getting it to tom wilson um and i have more on nicholas backstrom's post-game interview which i thought had some fun moments uh but i want to have this debate first with carol about samsonov because uh, we, we, we we had been talking I'm offline to hear this <laughs> <laughs> yes so so the first two, I'll let you start, Carol. I'll let you start. What were your thoughts on Samson? <laughs> those, those first two goals, boy, that, that the first shot and goal, it was me. I was like, okay, you know, he's, he's rusty. He hasn't been in Okay, I'm, I'm going to let that one slide. But then the second one, I was like, all right, come on now. But like you said, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. He was able to compose himself and not give up anymore. And uh, I, I'm just more of a double v fan right now because he's you know he's been out there doing it even when the defense wasn't playing well and it was giving a lot of odd man rushes he was you know stepping up to the occasion and as a rookie you know that's that's all you can ask and you know i heard um todd reared last year was speaking to uh i forgot who it was i was watching the nhl network but he he said last year that uh when he saw double v he's like i think he's uh, going to be something special i think we have a real goaltender with this team man after hearing that and seeing the way he's performing, I'm like, let's let's ride it out and see what this kid can do. You know, Samson has been around for a while. Unfortunately, the injury bug has always, you know, 
bid him every now and again when he's had a chance to take over or get a chance to shine. Let's see what the rookie can do and see if we can, uh, you know, might have a diamond in the rough that we can ride on a, you know, another playoff run and see what he can do. I'm happy that Carol then has come around and agrees with me. I don't have to have the debate, but I'll have the debate now. With, and done. Uh, done. But I'll have the debate with myself, with the people that I've seen online in groups. Now, I know Carol's not have the pleasure of getting to interact with people in these uh, in these uh, Facebook groups. But I will tell you that so many people want a double V gone. They want Sam gone. They want the coach gone. They want all of this. And we're in first place in the toughest division yeah. in hockey. And I just want people to come down a little bit like i you know double v is a rookie there's going to be some mistakes he's not going to be perfect but he's growing and building into who he is samsonov was injured then he came back he played two games a win and an overtime loss i mind you or maybe mm-hmm. it was a shootout loss either way it was one zero and one so he wasn't doing terrible then he gets covid and when they were talking about him getting COVID, him and Kuzi got COVID bad. It's not like they just got little sniffles, little something could come back in Absolutely. two weeks. They said they couldn't breathe. They mm-hmm. said they were dizzy. They said that they couldn't walk and they were isolated from everyone for like a month. And they had to deal with the isolation and you know their own internal demons. Do you know what it takes to go through that? And then they'd be able to come back. And I understand that Kuzi hasn't been the same player since he's come back from that, but I don't know who could be. And I, I know Kuzi's got his own issues this season, and I'm not going to excuse everything on this, but I think he's also maybe injured and he's dealt with a lot, but Samsonov had it bad. And as a goalie, timing is everything. So to take a month off of hockey for a goaltender, just a little bit here and there off could be everything when these pucks are flying at you at hundred miles per hour. And so he went and he did this AHL stint. He had four games there. The last game, he actually played the New Jersey affiliate on Friday mm-hmm. and he got one of the three stars of the game. I believe it was the second star of the game and he played well. And they said, you know, on basically one day rest and you could come on Sunday, we could see how it goes. He started off a little bit rusty. That first one knuckle pucked on him. It looked a lot worse than I think yeah. it really was. Um, the second goal was unexcusable. I'm not going to try to, you know, to, try well, there, to do- well, there was one. Okay. So then maybe it was the first one that I think it, it hit like it's always bad to chop from the blue line. Right. But I guess like, the thing that got me the most was his save percentage at, at uh, Hershey was like 86%. Right. That's it why wasn't. I mean, it wasn't good. I'm not going to say that he's been playing good, but the that's only- why I got upset when he gave up those first two. I was like, hold up, this ain't Hershey. Right. He can't be giving up 80%, 86% of the shots that's coming your way. So and like, that's uh, true. I think the team rallied around him and they yeah. really played well after that moment. But what I have to try to stress to these people is it's trial by fire. He can't just keep playing AHL games and somehow get to the NHL level. Mm-hmm. He's got to do it. And New Jersey's the perfect team you know, that you could give up a goal or two and still maybe come away with a win, right? (laughs) Where like you give up a goal or two at the beginning of a Boston game or a Philly game, maybe you don't come back in those games. So, you know, I I would like to see the next game go back to double V, right? I think that he deserves, you know, the the next one. Um, Yeah and a Boston game. But then I give Samson off the Friday Boston one, and then you turn around and give the Philadelphia to double V. And that way they both get some work in here, right? Because there's only three games this week. Um, And I think that it's important that they both get work. Um, You know, I think obviously if 
double V somehow puts a stellar, amazing game against Boston. And, you know, you can't see putting anybody else on Friday. Maybe my opinion changes. But I still think you've got a day off in between. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a perfect you know, schedule. Um, and uh, I really think that you, you know, play it this way. Uh, Carol, I'll ask your thoughts. Do you think you play both this week? But uh, you said it makes sense. I, I could see, you know, that that should could be the logic of them going into it. Get Samson off some work, and let uh, Double V get two, and let him get one. That uh, that's I think that's probably what they might do because uh, Samson is going to need more work. You know, gave him those two early goals, but uh, you know, did well the rest of the game. They want to try to probably piggyback off of that. So hopefully they'll probably get him in there for a game like this. It's in the three games this week, so. Right. So the first two are against Boston. It's a Wednesday and a Friday one. So we've got a little bit of time off, but that's because we have the time off. It's been a little while since, you know, double V has been in goal you know, on Saturday. So I don't want him to go too long, especially if he's your quote unquote hot goaltender. Uh, but I also don't want then Sam to go over a week without playing because you've got to build on what he's uh, mm-hmm. learned. So there's those two Boston games. And then there's that interesting Philadelphia uh, Sunday game. And I wanted to point to the Philadelphia's super hard schedule. I hope that we could take advantage of this because Philadelphia in their next three games is to play Pittsburgh three times in a row. And you know that that's a bloodbath uh, between those two teams, right? Okay. And then so they play on Saturday against Philly versus the flock uh, versus uh, Pittsburgh as the third game in that. And then we play them the next day where we actually have a day off. So there are times where we have these condensed schedules this week, right. we have a little bit more of an open schedule. So I really want us to take advantage of these three games coming up. Uh, I was looking at Philadelphia's upcoming month. They have a brutal month. At one point they have to play a game three days in a row against, I think it was Boston. Oh. Buffalo because they had to reschedule a lot of those games mm-hmm. and so I think Philly has to play Buffalo three days in a row to end the the month so I, it's really important that we don't get in any of these COVID situations uh, yep. because like these condensed schedules are going to be brutal and um, you know I think uh, it's important to take advantage of it so I'm going to ask real quickly Anna two games against Boston one game against Philadelphia what's your thought and then I'm going to ask Carol the same question and then we'll try to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think definitely uh, I want to see both goalies in, uh, to be honest. And I think it's it's only fair, like, if Samsonov at, like, ha- if, if all of a sudden we were playing um, on the weekend and it was, you know, 5 nothing, um, they pulled them, then I would say, oh, like, I'm not quite sure with, with Sammy. But I think it's like, God, give it, you know, give a kid some slack, cut him some slack. You know, we know that he has the ability. We know he has the skills. So um, I'm all for it. But we're also going up against a Boston team that pretty much has the same record that we do. That, you know, what are they, 12-5-2. and two. Um, you, just, you just can't go lightly. And I know everyone keeps saying, like, oh, Chara against his own team. But that's one player. <laughs> you know, it's like there are players on, on Boston that you just cannot dismiss. So... That'll be uh, weird for Boston for him to go back to Boston and be yes. in, the, in the road. You know, I don't yeah. know, been, or maybe when he's really young, but like it's been a long time since he's been in the road locker room. Yeah, so uh, it, you know, it, it's it's like there are things to think about. So I think that you you play each goalie, and um, and I think that the fans need to be behind both of them equally, you know, give it a hundred percent. You know, we didn't support Samson off and, and root for him so much 
um, prior to this whole COVID situation um, for us to all of a sudden say that, you know, he's not worthy and he shouldn't, you know, he should he just- He played so hurt. well for us last year before, exactly. before that COVID break and people just God. forget about that, you know? They, they do. And that, and to me, that is so, that is infuriating because it's like, come on guys, like, let's think about, you know, he he definitely have, has made a name for himself and, you know, cut him some slack. So people, people just want to trade him and, uh, and trade other people and, and get new goalies. <laughs> and, and all that's the time, just like and trade, 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 trade. <laughs> what happens when those players become great on these other teams? Look at Burakovsky yeah. and how well oh he's God. played, right? Oh, and, Grubauer. <laughs> right, Grubauer's played well. You know, so like just trading away assets doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Like you should develop them and try to improve upon them. That's how we won the cup in 2018. Agree. You know, know, it it wasn't because we traded a whole bunch of pieces away. So Carol, (laughs) Carol, what are your thoughts on the two Boston games and then the Philadelphia one? Uh, The two Boston games, definitely. All three of them are going to be definitely going to be interesting. It's going to have Boston. Uh, they took a bad loss a couple nights ago, so you know they're going to be, you know, and to get back up. Like I had a mention there, uh, right with the Capitals in the standings. So these points the games are going to be very crucial, and hopefully the Caps can handle things in regulation and make it a two-point game, not a one-point game. And Philly, you know, they've been up and down. Also, Philly, we talked last week, Boston uh, put a, a touchdown on them, so. They've been having some injury issues. So, I mean, the Caps, if they play like they played uh, against Pittsburgh that second game, they can win all three. But, you know, we have to see 60 minutes of hockey from no yeah. dumb penalties and hustle and fight and uh, being continue being good at the faceoff. That, uh, I forgot the coach that they uh, just recently hired that was brought on to help with the uh, faceoffs. And uh, I saw his name, and I'm not even going to try to remember it. But, uh, this is for the Capitals. They did that. They got yeah, a new. Uh, it was an ex-player, and I can't remember. I know that makes sense. I, I was going to ask if any of you guys knew because, like, you've seen a All significant a change, right? So <laughs> clearly, something yeah. happened. It wasn't just like right. you know, suddenly the light bulb. Yeah, down has been killing it. I think yeah, he, he has. Yeah, I think he has like an eighty percent uh, win percentage right now. And I forgot the player's name, but they brought him on about I think they said a week or two ago, and uh, ever since he's been on board. The face-off percentage has been uh, going up since uh, the last few games. Granted, it was the Devils, but you know we'll see what happens going forward. But it's definitely the same improvement. Yeah, interesting. I uh, I did. I was just trying to do a quick look to see if I could figure it out. But anyway, I think they'll probably split the Boston ones and hopefully take advantage of uh, Pittsburgh beating up on Philadelphia all week, yeah. and um, and then we uh, we win that game. So I think. We, pr- we probably win the first Boston one, lose the second one, win the Philly one. If I was going to make a, a betting, you know, guess on, on how we would do. Anna, real quick, before I want to let you go, I really loved your podcast. I listened to it last uh, night. Thank you. Um, uh, they did a special, Carol, I don't know if you know, but it was on uh, Black History Month. They had um, uh, two uh, great Capitals fans come on and yes. give their um, their take on um, – uh, on being a black capitals fan and uh it was uh it was really interesting perspective for both of them because uh you know, one of them has been a fan uh for a very long time and the other one had been a fan since the 90s so it, yeah. it really uh you got sort of two different 
don't want to say generations perspectives, but almost, you know, one yeah. who's kind of a fan from the beginning and one from the 90s, which is two very different perspectives. So uh, just uh, really cool. I, I, I highly encourage people, uh, if you click on our podcast partners button on sportsothp.com uh, and then click the PowerPlay Point podcast and uh, really go check it out. I think uh, it did a great recap of the week and as well as uh, the second half of the podcast talking about that. Uh, that. So I appreciate it. Any final thoughts before we let you go tonight? No, uh, and Carol, I just know that, that if somebody wasn't in Facebook jail, they would have been the person on our show last night. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's getting kind of crazy, man. They monitoring because we have so much engagement going through our pages and yeah. admins on that page. They monitor because I've been, you know, I'm a repeat offender, so I ain't like I'm innocent in all of this. I've of been, course. you know, some stuff that I, you know, I shouldn't have posted that I did. But now, since we don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not trying to get Robbie taken off the air. But, yeah, they're really <laughs> monitoring uh, monitoring my activity, even old activity from 2019. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they just added another 30 days on to my bid. So oh, I, stop. I did, yeah, I didn't even do nothing for it. And, even... clo- and close one of your groups. But anyway, we'll, we'll... Okay, well, I didn't mean to open that can of worms. Yeah, I, was just I don't want Robbie to get shut down, too. Right. Whenever I start good. talking, it's, it's not always happening. I know, but uh, Carol would have been great on that show. I know he does another Absolutely. show on uh, on Sunday nights as well. So there was a little bit of a timing conflict there. But, uh, uh, you know, we love, obviously, Carol's take on the Capitals. And uh, so, um, uh, but I really appreciate you guys bringing some light on, uh, because there's just not enough uh, talked it's about. It from, and unfortunately, there's not enough Black hockey fans and players in, in the league. I think, you know, Carol and I talk about it all the time. We don't understand if you love football. Like you should love hockey. I don't. I don't. <laughs> brothers, my brothers are so reluctant. I even break it down to them. It's like basketball on ice. I try to break it down to them to so, so I can relate it to them. Because I break it down. You know, your your point guard is your center. He controls the pace. Yeah. Your, your forwards are your your defensemen, protecting your goalie. Your uh, you know, your guards. You know, that's basically your wings. They're the only ones that can make defensive plays. And you know, they got pick and rolls. They got giving goals. You just gotta watch it develop. And some of them, I've actually turned a couple of my folks on the hockey and not die fans like us, but I can get them actually sit and watch a game with them. But most of my okay. folks, they're just, they're just so reluctant, it, man. They're like, we don't watch hockey. I'm like, but they upset when I don't watch basketball. Yeah. Come on, man. You like, you enjoy <laughs> well, basketball. And, I enjoy hockey. And that was the, the big thing last night was um, trying to, when they keep saying with capitals that they're, you know, wanting to bring diversity to the sport and, I keep seeing these commercials and, and I agree 110%, but I'm, my biggest question is how, you know, like, uh, like I hear you guys saying it, but like, how is that going to happen? And so last night it was um, Stuart and Ty brought up uh, really good points that, you know, hockey's damn expensive. It is a damn expensive sport. And um, so I think that, but I'm not asking people to all of a sudden play hockey i'm just asking you to support it you know like why not like that doesn't cost anything but it yeah it is very hard to um to get people it'll be interesting when the bid comes up right because nbc owns the rights right now and if it goes back to espn espn if they controlled it today i mean obviously they it was very different when they had it before i'd be curious to see hopefully they would still push it as much as yeah they push it like the way that they could push it they it could become need, more popular they don't really push it like they need after that second lockout 
uh, ESPN was really hands off because they don't have the rights though, Carol. If they were yeah. actually airing the games, they might push it more. Oh yeah, I mean they they might, but I mean we'll see. But to piggyback off of what Anna was saying about the uh, capitals and the diversity, that video that uh that they played, that uh young uh hockey player that came into the game, I'm actually friends with him on his father on Facebook, and I was trying to get him on the show. They uh, actually had him down in Kettler. He got to meet the team. They yeah. gave him all of that. And he actually is a, a young hockey player. He's he's going to be, you know, he he might as well say he's going to be in the NHL. He's like 14 years, 12 or 13 years old. He's oh, I love it. Feet and like almost 200 pounds. And he has skills. Yes. His father shows videos of him working out, going to the rink and everything. And he actually had a racist uh, comment throwing at him a couple of years ago when they were playing yeah. hockey. And that's how he ended up getting invited. He ended up coming to all the interviews on the local news and everything. I haven't had a chance to stay in touch with his dad because like I said I was trying to get him on the show. But uh, the Capitals are definitely invested in trying to bring diversity to the game. And like I said, you got fans out here like myself. I know, you know, with Robbie and us going down to the uh, Capital One for Valor games and Mystic games. We ran into fans that, you know, African-American fans that did watch hockey mm-hmm. and, actually, you know, watched our show and talk about it. So it's, uh, like you said, Robbie, if it gets on ESPN and gets more, you know, pub than the NBC does, then, yeah, hopefully it can bring back. But that, that second lockout really hurt yeah. hockey on the, so many different levels that folks don't even talk about it. But, yeah, I remember Wednesday night hockey on ESPN. They used to hype it up, you know, had a whole, you know, pregame and, you know, had it in, in the ice and, and you know, in, on the ice, like they do on NBC now. So, yeah, if they can get back to, you know, some more mainstream markets, then, yeah, it's possible. A lot of folks don't have NHL Network. You know, I love having sure. it, but, you know, a lot of folks don't. And it's a lot yeah. of great hockey coverage on there that's not, that's not being seen by the, you know, folks that could be fans. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's very true. All right. Well, Anna, we kept you way over time. We appreciate you giving us okay. an hour an hour tonight. Um, I will send you my bill later. Exactly. And <laughs> um, all right. And, <laughs> but we'll have you on next week and we'll recap those uh, three games. And uh, let's talk say for all Boston game. wins, right? Oh, yeah. Win all of them. Yeah. Marshawn. Three, yeah. three and a week will be good. Yeah, that, that'd be great. And, and two no, two and weeks I in a row, see, we've had three wins, so that would be nice. So. But I think Carol and I just want to see Tommy drop the glass with Marshawn. I just want to see, just I see knock him, him out. <laughs> or, you know what, I'll take Dylan or Ga- or, or Hathaway at this point. Yeah, I just want somebody <laughs> to put him through the ice. Just punch him so hard that he's under the ice. <laughs> How funny would it be if it was Chara, though, right? He just wrecks him. Like. Oh. <laughs> that would, uh, yeah. That, that would, would be amazing. I, I would love it. I, that would be perfect. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, have a great rest of the show. I'll see you guys next week. Thank All you right, so much. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that ran a little bit over, but we're just going to, you know, we'll just go a little long on the NBA on the back end. But um, I appreciate the hockey talk as always. We'll bring, uh, I guess, the guys in now and uh, Carol will talk a little bit at the very end. Yeah, I might chime in. Like I said, I watched a couple of uh games this week i jumped on so i might i might have a couple of questions for the panel and see what they thoughts are nice sounds good all right well uh well message me if you want me to, uh, to give you some spot time for that and um all right so we're i got the the whole squad here uh welcome on in i'll introduce um um uh i think tc people's champ i have a little bit of a hum from you 
That's because me sleepy. Interesting. I don't know why there's a buzz. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah, I hear that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Just calling in from my uh, lake house over here. Sounds Watched good. a lot of Wizards games this week. All right. Sounds good. Arun, are we going to see you on camera? Or are you going to just be the voice of Arun? Uh, I'm here with my dog. <laughs> Sorry. I thought there was only four people allowed on this video. No, 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 you're good. Uh, um, it's only when Carol has his feet up that we can only fit four. Um, Fucking Airbud too. <laughs> That's our fit. Nice. Um, and uh, Brian Brennan, I was checking out the last two episodes of Upon Further Review. You're doing an awesome job as always. How are Thank you? Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Sounds good. And uh, Champ, why don't we do a, a quick mic check to see uh, if that works better? How does the sound now? It's very loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it sounded good on your podcast. I, I was checking that out earlier. Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, obviously, Zoom is very different settings. We'll, we'll get back to uh, people's champ in a second. I'm going to uh, share the screen right now. Uh, we'll get some stats live. Uh, so uh, exciting week. Uh, just to recap it for uh, some people. Um, obviously we last left you off in this, uh, Lakers wizards game where I kind of said that I thought we would come back at the, uh, in the first quarter, they outscored us 33 to 23. And that's kind of when we were on air, uh, the, the Lakers outscored us in the second, um, as well, uh, 30 to 26. Uh, but the wizards really came on strong in the second half outscored 31 to 23 in the third and 35 to 29 in the fourth. Um, they actually kind of took control over the game and then the Lakers stormed back and forced overtime. And I was a little bit nervous. Uh, I thought that this is where the Lakers would kind of take over and maybe I'd be wrong with my prediction, but in the end, the Wizards outscored the Lakers at uh, 12 to nine in uh, overtime for a 127, 124 win. I'll just remind people of uh, the box score. Uh, Bradley Beal had a great game, 44 minutes played, scored 33 points. Uh, Westbrook also uh, uh, played for 44 minutes, just an assist shy of a triple-double, 14 rebounds, 9 assists, and 32 points for him. Uh, and uh, Robin Lopez and Rui Hachimura were also in double-digit scoring. Um, I'm going to uh, quickly get everyone's take on this game, and then uh, we'll get into the Clippers game. I'm going to start off with Arun, who I know uh, wasn't on last week, but happy birthday, belated birthday, Arun. I know that you were doing some birthday festivities last week. I don't know if you got to check out the end of this game, uh, but what were some of your thoughts? Yeah, um, overall, really good win for the Wizards. I also thought this was the most winnable game when from last week on the road trip out of the last three games. And what it came down to is the fact that the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis and uh, Montrez Harrell was scoring as much as Anthony Davis was. He wasn't doing it on the defensive end, and that's why um, Vogel took him out of the game. And in the overtime period, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal came through, and I thought the key to the game was just making sure LeBron wasn't angry enough or motivated enough to beat the Wizards, because typically, like, Wall used to say in the past, like, oh, LeBron's scared of playing us. He didn't want to play us last year in the playoffs. And then LeBron would go on to hit like a turnaround fadeaway three-pointer in the corner. So um, overall, it was just the, it was pretty funny that after the game, the national media is like, what's wrong with the Lakers? Like, 
that's like typically what's happened every time the Wizards have been the team, but it's a long regular season. No, nobody should really be worried about the Lakers. They've struggled in the bubble and they won the championship last year. Maybe we'll be worried if they're down in the series, but they're the defending champs, but still pretty impressive win for the Wizards. Yeah, it was a very impressive win. I just, um, I was surprised that they took him out. You say for defensive liability purposes, it's interesting. He picked up his fifth foul and I thought that they didn't, they thought that because he wasn't playing good defense to begin with and that he would try to play off people that we would just maybe attack him even more with that fifth foul. Uh, So I think that maybe that was part of it as well. Um, I'm going to go to Tim next. Tim, what were some of your thoughts on this game? This was definitely a great win. The Wizards were down by about 17 points in the second half and had a great comeback. Um, they pulled it out in overtime eventually. Uh, Harrell had his, his uh, season high in points, so the Wizards couldn't really stop him. Um, like Arun said, this wasn't angry uh, A-plus LeBron, but he still had almost triple-double there. So for an off night, you know, those are pretty damn good numbers. Um, and besides Anthony uh, Davis being out, they also had Schroeder out. So the Lakers had two big pieces not playing. And, um, you know, the main focus was on their own three-game losing streak. It was all about the Lakers losing this game more than the Wizards winning it. But um, you got to give it up to the Wizards because this 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 win gave us our, our longest winning streak in three years, which um, – is great and pathetic at the same time. But, uh, you know, you you love to see wins like this because this could be a turning point in the season to beat the champs on their home floor. Um, People are going to start to take notice. Especially when it goes to overtime and you think, oh, man, they had that opportunity and then they lost the opportunity to then be able to uh, gather themselves back up and, uh, you know, figure it out. Uh, Champ, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Again... It seems to be the running the running gag when it comes to this team, and that's playing defense. And they don't seem to want to play defense. And then the other running gag with this team is shot selection. How do you go nine for twenty five from beyond the arc and think you're going to win? You you get lucky and win a game over the defending NBA champions going nine for twenty five from beyond the arc. And that seems to be the theme with the team is that their shot selection is just not smart. They don't seem to want to make the smart and correct shot in order to maximize them, themselves in terms of offensive productivity. And you can't afford to not be able to make the right shots when you don't play very strong defense. And so for you to only make nine three-pointers out of 25 attempts, you got dang lucky that you walked out of Staples Center with a win over the NBA champs. Seriously. Um, that's that's basically all I have for, the, for for that. That's all I have. Yeah, we still got a little bit of a hum. I don't know if uh, what I don't know, I'm trying to figure out what it it's is. The mic, it's the mic. It's the mic. It's the mic. I've had this mic uh, for months and it's, it's the mic. That's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, no problem. All right, I was just trying to troubleshoot on the fly. Uh, all right, Brian, uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, despite the fact that there was no Anthony Davis, there was no Dennis Schroeder for the Lakers in this game, I think it's still a good win for the Wizards, despite the fact that, you know, they, they almost blew it. And, you know, the situation with Harrell, I don't really 
You know, I still don't really understand the decision to take Harrell out. He was doing really well in this game. Um, and so I don't really 100% understand why they would take him out, even though, you know, you mentioned they did pick up his fifth foul and there were defensive concerns. But Harrell was doing such a good job for the Lakers in this game that I was really surprised that they took him out. But obviously, it helped the Wizards. And like I said, you know, despite the fact that um, Davis was out and Schroeder was out, and there are all these factors in play for the Wizards. I'm going to say this was a really good win, probably to this point, probably the best win, one of the best wins of the season for the Wizards so far. And I mean, just considering who they beat, beating them in LA, um, it's a big win. It's a big win. And, um, you know, despite everything I said, they should feel very good about it. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get, um, just for timing purposes, we got to get through five games. Uh, let's get into this Clippers one. Real fast, this is a game that I thought we would lose because I thought there would be an emotional letdown. And just from the start, they just got walloped in the first quarter. The Wizards only put up 20 points, uh, maybe a hangover effect from playing the night before on that same court in a very long, tough game against the Lakers. Uh, But the Clippers put up 36 uh, in each of the first two quarters. At least the Wizards put up 35 in the second. Uh, But even at that point, uh, there was already a 17-point lead. The Wizards put an incredible third quarter together and uh, scored 39 points to the Clippers, uh, 27. Uh, but then the Clippers showed up in the fourth and scored 36 points, and the Wizards only are able to put up 22 for that 135-116 um, you know, victory for the Clippers. But uh, overall, I thought that the Wizards still put up a lot of points. Uh, Westbrook. Uh, one rebound shy of a triple double. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing that he has as many triple doubles as he has. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but um, he could have so many more, a bunch of these games. He's missed it by just one or two stats. Um, Bradley Beal put up 28 points, uh, which is actually low for him this season, which is kind of funny. Um, Wagner put up 21. Uh, Neto and Rui Hachimura also played pretty well uh, for the Clippers. Uh, just, um, you know, they pretty much had scoring all around and, um, it was just, uh, just interesting, I guess. Uh, they seem to just play better throughout the game, but I'll get everyone's quick take on it. I'll start with Tim. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's hard to win a back-to-back against another great LA team. I also thought they were going to lose, uh, to be honest, I didn't watch this game because it was on so late, but, my big takeaway is they, they showed a lot of fight. That third quarter comeback was really impressive. Obviously, they got rolled in the fourth quarter, so it didn't matter. But I like to see Wagner playing bigger minutes. Um, he could barely crack the lineup at all early in the season. And now he's starting a lot of games and scoring in double figures. He's a really great energy player, whether he's off the bench or starting. So that that's uh, the one upside to this game. But... I don't, I don't really fault the Wizards for losing this. I just wanted them to split in L.A. anyway. So those are my, those are my thoughts on this. Makes sense. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Tim. Just splitting in L.A. is good. Um, and I think that's kind of what we all thought would happen. Um, and I think just honestly just coming away with the win against the Lakers was big the night before. Um, you were just due for a letdown, honestly, in this game against the Clippers. The Clippers are a really good team. You saw um, when you were cycling through the stats, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both, I think, combined for 62 points. 
Uh, you're just not going to beat that. That's just a great effort from another great Clippers team. Um, yeah, this is a pretty easy win for um, L.A., but um, overall, I mean, we'll talk about the Denver game in a minute, but overall, huge success of a road trip if you're a Wizards fan. I agree. Champ, what are some of your thoughts? We said on last week's podcast that we felt that with the two L.A. games in the same in the same venue that they would split. Um, I don't think really I, – I can't remember, but I don't think anybody really called that we would beat the Lakers but lose to the Clippers. I don't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, this game was not close at all. This game was the Clippers from beginning to end. Yes, the Wizards did make that comeback in the third quarter, but the problem is that a basketball game is four quarters. <laughs> so you could do well in one quarter, but if you're getting your butt kicked in the other three, you're not going to win many games. Um, and so that's what happened here. I mean, Kawhi Leonard went off and they just had a great team effort outshot the, the Wiz. They out rebound the Wiz. Everything just worked well for this team. And that's why the Wiz, their winning streak was snapped with this loss to, to the Clippers. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it was a loss, but I think that this, this road trip still proved to be very fruitful for this team. I agree. Uh, all right, Arun, what are some of your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it was the loss was expected. I just think uh, the fourth quarter was a little bit weird with Scott Brooks not choosing to rest Bradley Beal or Wagner after they played the entire third quarter. Um, so that probably led to the dramatic size of the loss. It was only a five-point game in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't think the Wizards were going to win, but I don't think it should have been a blowout either. Um, the bench outscored the um, Wizards in the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter, 18-2. to two. And um, I don't understand why Scott Brooks would play Bradley Beal the entire second half coming off a of back-to-back, especially in a game they're not really – supposed to win anyways and Neto was playing well in the first half I believe he almost had he had double figures for the game so um I think Scott Brooks is gonna be Scott Brooks so that's to be expected um but that's just like another reason why he should probably go but yeah this loss was expected so it shouldn't it isn't that disappointing other than the margin yeah I, I don't have a whole lot more to say on uh, this game. Let's just move on and uh, let's talk about the next game, which uh, a lot of us uh, predicted they would not win, but they actually played really well. Um, uh, so the Nuggets are a really good team. And last time the Wizards played them, they beat them. Uh, and it was sort of surprising. So a lot of people thought that in the mile high with the altitude that Denver would get their revenge. Uh, it started off well for the Wizards. They outscored the Nuggets 26-22. Uh, they were able to, uh, the Nuggets uh, kind of fought their way back, outscored them 32-30 in the second. In the third, it was pretty even once again, but the Nuggets outscored them 34-32. And then the Wizards outscored them by two, 24-22, to win 112-110. But relatively close game throughout the uh, matchup. Uh, Rui Hachimura played a great game scoring uh, 20 points. Uh, Bradley Beal had 33. Uh, Westbrook had uh, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 16 points for another one of those triple doubles. Uh, just, uh, I thought there was really good play uh, throughout the team. 
for the Nuggets, um, you know, Murray had a hell of a game and had an opportunity to win it uh, at the buzzer. Uh, but uh, when most of the Wizards didn't run back after a missed opportunity and uh, but Murray saw that there was wide open people to his right. And so he's like, throw it to them. But one of them should have cut to the basket and gotten easy to at least force overtime. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they ended up shooting a three and missing. And I think we got really lucky here. I'm going to start off with uh, Arun. Uh, what were some of your takeaway on this game? Uh, Arun, I think you're muted still. Um, yeah, just like I want to talk about that final play of the game where Murray did the step back three. Like I thought he could have actually drove to the basket, but I actually don't mind that for the Nuggets sake that he was taking that three because he was on fire in that fourth quarter. Um, Porter should have drove to the basket, but I think Murray didn't I think he should have actually passed it to Porter because um, I think Campazzo he's a short guy taking that three and Neto ran all the way back he was on the floor he had missed the layup and Westbrook and Lopez um, they didn't get back on defense at all and Neto beat them both down the floor and he was lying on his back in the beginning of that play and he did a really nice job contesting that Campazzo shot I don't think he could have contested um uh, Porter, who's a lot taller, um, but a really weird play by the Nuggets. I don't know why. If they had Dante OT, they um, they looked like they had the momentum to take the game. Um, the Wizards in the fourth quarter have not been that clutch at holding on to leads. Most of their wins have been by fewer than three points, but, but a good win. Um, the Nuggets didn't get their revenge, and it's nice to have a series sweep of a Western Conference team. Sure. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, another great win. I mean, you look at Washington's uh, win list, got two against Brooklyn, two against Denver, a lot of uh, win against Portland and L.A. So another impressive win to check off the list. Um, one thing that stood out to me in this game was just how bad Denver's interior defense is. Like, everybody knows Jokic is an offense first player, but – he could he cannot really protect the rim at all. So you had guys like Rui and Lopez just completely taking advantage of um, Denver down low. But Denver obviously gets their threes and they have some great shooters. But that last play, I mean, I, I watched over and over. It was just really awkward looking like Denver just kind of didn't know what to do. I almost feel like if they had two less seconds, it might have worked better because uh, Murray had like a little bit too much time to think about what he was going to do. So it was kind of an awkward amount of time for them to set up and get a shot, but you you got to take the win. And um, this is the one none of us thought they would win. So it kind of set up the rest of the week nicely, but um, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Champ, what are some of your thoughts? Just quickly, um, just – this this game right here showed the just the the grit and the determination of this team to be able to grind out such a victory against the Western Conference team, especially a team the caliber of the Nuggets, and to be able to just you know stay within within themselves. Again, yes, defense was again an issue, but the fact that they were able to have a little bit better 
a little a little bit better shot selection and to be able to get what they could from the charity stripe uh, shooting 88% from the free throw line was the, one of the key differences for them winning this, this basketball game. And so you got to think about that, that you're going out to the West Coast and you, you put up a performance like this where you just grind it out, you grind it out, and boom, here's your victory right here. And you can't you, you have to applaud that, the fact that they were able to grind out such a, a, such a crucial victory uh, in this game. For sure. Brian, from the outsider's perspective, what are your thoughts? I mean, we none of us on the panel thought we could win this game last week, uh, but they found a way. Yeah, um, I, I agree with what Tim said. This team has a lot of impressive wins. When you think about it, you've now got two wins against Denver, two wins against Brooklyn. You've got wins against the Lakers. You've got wins against Portland. This team has beaten some very impressive teams. And, um, you know, you, you've got to be very happy with that. Like, you know, they play up to their competition. That's something you'd like to see from teams like the Wizards. Um, as far as uh, the, the, the selection at the end goes for Denver and their, their shot selection, um, taking the three when they could have easily had two and sent the game to overtime, I don't really understand that either. Um, I, like everybody else has said, it felt all kind of like clunky and rushed and just kind of like put together from the Nuggets, which is something we don't really expect from them. They're such a good team. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, so we expect better from them. But, yeah, um, this is definitely a good win for the Wizards, and it adds to, you know, it's not like the NCAA tournament where, you you know, you've got your certain resume and that gets you into the dance. But these wins are nice to have. Like some wins are definitely greater than others, and this is one that you would like to have. Right. I think that there are wins that you could build on and use as a way to say, hey, look, if we play defense in some key situations, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that holding a team to 110 is good defense for the Wizards, but it is because they have the ability to score over 110 points almost every night. So the problem with the Wizards hasn't been on the offense. It's been the defense. Now, there's been some games where some of the players haven't played great offensively, but uh, ultimately, it's always been coming down to stops. I mean, we'll talk about the Boston game in a few minutes, but we lost that game because of defense, not because of offense. You know, there was an opportunity where you're up five points with less than a minute. You got to find a way to win that game. And uh, so it's uh, it's frustrating because I've been talking to lots of Wizards fans and they, they want to tell me, you know, this is the real Westbrook and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, I get that. Like, I think Westbrook isn't as bad as some of the haters say he is. And I don't think he's as good as some of the Westbrook lovers say he is. And he's got to continuously prove this. I think it's a great couple of weeks stretch, but we got to prove that the beginning of the season was the anomaly, not that this is the anomaly, right? So like if they regress next week, and next week's not a good example because we only have two games, but, but when they start having more games again, um, you know, if they start to regress against bad teams, then it's like, well, maybe they just got lucky for a couple of weeks. Uh, but if they continue this play, they could find themselves into the six or seven seed uh, in the East. Uh, you know, I think that they actually have a legit opportunity of that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes going forward. Let me uh, just for timing purposes, let's just move on uh, to the, uh, the next game, which is the Timberwolves game, which is a game that we all predicted that they would win. Um, so that was a good game overall. Um, the Timberwolves started off uh, outscoring the Wizards 29, 27. 
The Wizards in the second outscored them 27 to 23. But it really, the difference came in the third quarter. They put together a phenomenal third quarter. Outscored them 44 to 29. And then they basically kind of coasted in the fourth. Uh, and they ended up winning uh, 128 to 112. Um, and just a quick look at the box score. Um, you know, Towns played phenomenal as he usually does. I thought that the Wizards, um, you know, the, the big people, obviously Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook getting another triple-double, 14, 12, and 9 this time. Um, uh, and uh, just uh, Bertans played great uh, at moments, uh, scoring 19 points. Garrison Matthews played well, had 18 points. Uh, just uh, had a lot of scoring uh, from throughout the team uh, and a good team victory. And uh, this is the game, I believe, that Russell Westbrook breaks the record for having 10 triple doubles in a season uh, for the Wizards, which is the um, uh, the most ever in a single season. And he did it in only playing 24 games, I believe. So uh, he's going to just destroy this uh, record, I kind of I imagine. Uh, but um, the more important thing is we got the win. I, I, I try to tell Westbrook fans, I care less about the triple doubles and more about the team wins and playing good defense. And that's what you saw in this game. Uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you from the outsider's perspective. Uh, what, what is your take on, uh, on this and Russell Westbrook's uh, play as of late? Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this game, so I can't really comment too much on the win over the Timberwolves. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously glad they won. Uh, Minnesota is not very good. This is actually um, their seventh straight loss was uh, because of this game to the Wizards. Uh, they're not good. Um, they're not playing good this season, uh, despite Carl Anthony Towns. So um, I think that's why we all expected to win this game. We all expected the Wizards to take care of business against Minnesota. Um, as far as Westbrook goes, you know, I feel like we were kind of shitting on him a little bit at the beginning of the season, but he actually has turned the corner, so to speak. I think a lot. These last couple of games, you mentioned the triple doubles he's had lately. Uh, the fact he's already had 10 in just 24 games is really remarkable. I think he's actually doing a lot better. You know, at, when he first got here, he was really struggling. Like, I think I remember seeing a stat that said he had 163 points on just 163 shots, which is terrible. But he, since then, I feel like he's done a lot better. And um, he can be a big part of this team as they try and turn around and maybe make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens the rest of the, in the second half of the season. But Russell Westbrook, if they are going to go on a run here, Russell Westbrook's going to need to be a big part of it. And lately he has been playing a lot better. Yeah. My issue, I guess, at this point with him is his defense and turnovers. When he can play good defense and not turn the ball over, they play much better. But Arun, what are your thoughts on uh, Westbrook and then also on this game? Oh, Westbrook, he started off pretty slow in this game. Um, he, but because he was going up against Anthony Edwards, who's the number one pick, and he was doing like dunking over Robin Lopez. And then I think in the as the game wore on, Westbrook picked it up, like kind of like the season, like he played better, not like amazing or anything. Like he's still like not an efficient scorer, but he did he did have like 12 assists pretty quickly, and he's spreading the ball around. I think the key to the win, though, was Bradley Beal getting 17 points in the third quarter. He was a player of the game. And honorable mention to Garrison Matthews, he had 18 points on only six field goal attempts. 
So um, I think Westbrook, he's playing better. Um, let's see if he can, I agree with that he, he needs to keep it up and it's still a long season, but this is the way Westbrook has been rolling throughout his the last couple of seasons. He starts off slow with the Rockets, and then he, like, plays amazing. Like, he got all NBA last year. I don't think he deserved it necessarily, but he was on the all NBA third team, so hopefully he can keep it up for the rest of the season. But, yeah, his defense has been not great at times, but it's been better than it was at the beginning of the year. That's true. One interesting note is he did not make the All-Star reserves, uh, so he's not going to be in the All-Star game for, since the first time since he was injured. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on uh, this game and uh, and Westbrook's play so far? Well, yeah, I thought this was a classic trap game. Minnesota is one of the few teams in the league that the Wizards can count on beating every time pretty easily, too. And Drew Gooden kept saying the Wizards need to put this team away. They need to get an easy win tonight and focus on Boston. And they really didn't focus in the first half. And you saw they were only up by two or it was about tied. But that third quarter, they completely blew them out. Like Garun said, Beal took over. I think Westbrook actually had a triple-double uh, by the end of the third quarter. And I saw a stat that Westbrook has more triple-doubles through three quarters than like any wizard through four quarters ever, which is insane. So obviously he's been a little bit disappointing, um, but I do think the wizards wouldn't have had such a bad start without Westbrook, but they also wouldn't have gotten out of that hole without him, because I think his leadership and the way that he pushes players in practice and the fact that he basically did Scott Brooks job and forced the role players to say and identify and stick to their roles. That's really key. Like that's valuable. And John Wall could have probably done that too, but I'm, I I guess the jury's still out for me with this trade in Westbrook. Like I'm not sold either way. I don't know. I still don't know if it's a good trade. I like what I see now, but yeah, like he's got to keep it up. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, he's proven one thing either way, really, to me. Yeah, for me, he hasn't either. And I just think that it'll be interesting to see if he can keep this up for the full season. Uh, I'll ask Champ, do you think he'll keep this up for the full season? Or do you think that this was uh, a a good stretch for Westbrook? Mm. It's kind of hard to say, especially with the way that this season is going with the current pandemic going on and how – they just recently announced the second half of the season and the second half schedule. So it's kind of hard to say if Westbrook can keep the same output in terms of this past stretch of games, averaging a triple double. You can't really pinpoint that. Uh, um, Also, you have to take into account the fact that at the start of the season, they said that, well, Westbrook will sit, on a lot of these back-to-backs and I'm sure that and I got to look back at the second half of the schedule to see how many back-to-backs we have so there's going to be a lot of games where he's going to sit out because it's a back-to-back and everything like that I wonder if that's still going to happen uh yeah I'll be honest because part of me thinks that maybe he was injured and that was a way that they were going to cover for him um but like the last three or four back-to-backs he's played both of them you're yeah. right. You you are you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Though I mean, 
Scott Brooks said this at the beginning of the season, so who knows? But he could have. You're right. Hurt, I think. You know? You're right. You're right. You're right. He might. He might still play the back to backs. So, um, so putting that into perspective and putting that into into the into this, I still can't say whether Westbrook and this output that he's putting out these last this last rush of games is going to continue on throughout the season. I just, I just, I just can't predict that. And if anybody wants to call me a hater, like they've been calling you a hater, Robbie, that's fine. I, I want all the smoke. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah. A lot of people think that I'm a hater for not just like bowing down to Westbrook and saying he's the greatest and he's the best point guard to ever play for the Wizards. And I mean, he might be a Hall of Famer. You know, I probably is. And he'll probably be. Might the- be. Dude, Robbie's a <laughs> Russell Westbrook is a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer. Right. Well, so, so, but I don't know if he would be as a wizard, right? I mean, he would be as a. I mean, sure. Know. If you just take this one think, stretch of games, then but do you no, think he's he, not a. Do you, think he's the, do you think he's the best point guard to ever be on the Wizards? No, uh, I don't. I don't know if I can go that far, but. Right. Um, see, that's what they're already trying to claim. Yeah. That, so that, that might that's be a, a tough much. one, right? Yeah, I mean, you're already. Win a playoff game with franchise i think <laughs> right gilbert arenas would like to have a word please <laughs> yeah exactly and i would like <laughs> but there's know. no question he's a hall of famer there's no question he's he's one of the um the, right the, but he's a the, hall of famer for what he's already done before he was a wizard yeah it's, it's not yeah. necessarily yeah. because you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah probably I, I just i don't know if he's better than wall i don't know if you can claim that he's even better than gilbert until he like wins a playoff series i don't care how many triple doubles he gets like that doesn't to me that doesn't mean you're the best point guard like it's a cool stat but it's not for me it's not the stat it's are you a winner and he was a winner he you know got teams to conference finals and you know and you know played very well in a lot of those seasons and has been an mvp in the league right and so uh you know, I'm not saying that he hasn't been, but the fact is, is that he's not even making the all-star game this season. How could you claim that he's better than John Wall over John Wall's career as a wizard, right? So I just, I don't see it yet. I mean, if he gets to the playoffs with this team, with this slow start, and they end up winning, you know, the first round in the playoffs, then I think maybe we can have a conversation. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for me, but let's, uh, for timing purposes again, we're kind of running out of time. Let's get into this uh, Celtics game. Um, this one's rough because we didn't really think we were going to win this one. And we really had an opportunity here. Bradley Beal once again scores over 40 points, 46. Um, and now I believe it's 11 in a row that he's lost when he scored over 40. And the Boston came out strong, 33-28 to start. Uh, it was even in the second. Both teams scored 27. Uh, in the third, uh, the Wizards... Uh, outscored Boston 21-19. And the Wizards actually outscored Boston in the fourth, 34-32, and had a five-point lead in the final minute of the game. Uh, But Boston, again, this came down to defense. They just let easy scoring happen, uh, and Boston was able to come away with this victory. Arun, give me your quick thoughts on it. Yeah, I think – um, maybe when we all, or when you guys made the prediction, you guys didn't know that Jalen Brown, the Celtics, I mean, he's been better than Jason Tatum has this year, and probably because Tatum has had COVID and he's had shortness of breath. But I think this was a very winnable game for the Wizards. Also, Marcus Smart, he's still out. Kemba Walker, he's 
He looked great in the fourth quarter, but that probably had more to do with the Wizards' defense. Um, I just think the Wizards, like a couple of the role players like Denny, Bonga, um, Wagner, they didn't have good games. But Bradley Beal did enough to like pretty much cement this game. And Robbie, you pointed out defense wasn't really that good down the stretch of this game. Um, the final possession, they had Bradley Beal covering uh, Jason Tatum. Bad decision by Scott Brooks or, and or Bradley Beal. Um, they probably should put Fonga on him. Uh, Rui Hachimura did not have a good contest on the final play of the game, or final, I mean, the final Celtic game winner. And of course, Bradley Beal falling down out of bounds. I think it's on Scott Brooks again for not calling timeout on that play, especially when the trap happened. He should have called, run out on the floor and called timeout. Um, the final possession was ugly, double team. Bradley Beal, he probably should have shot it actually earlier because it would have been a chance for a second chance rebound. One of his teammates should have cut to the rim, but um, not a good final inbounds call by uh, Brooks to let Beal take the winner without, I mean, um, Boston did the right thing by taking the uh, ball out of Beal's hands. Um, tough loss. The Wizards have had good wins, like the Brooklyn win, miraculous win. So these things kind of even out um, through the course of the year. And it was a back-to-back -back game, but still a disappointing loss with the Celtics, again, without Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you guys each, like, give your shortest synopsis of this. I do want to talk about the two games that are this week as well and try to get this all in uh, here. Uh, Tim, your quick thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, Arun pretty much said it all. I don't want to focus on this game too much because it's a heartbreaker, but you have to call a timeout um, so that Beal doesn't turn the ball over. Also, the ball boy should be fired because he didn't wipe the sweat off of that particular spot on the floor where Brad Beal tripped. So you got to blame him a little bit, whoever that kid is. And yeah, just... I read a comment on um, the game article, which made a lot of sense to me, even though it was a joke, like on the very last play where Beal missed the shot where he was double teamed, it really did look like Scott Brooks didn't call any play. Like they just sort of winged it and it worked out terribly. So congrats to Scott Brooks though. Shocking to all the Vegas betters. He was not uh, the first coach fired. The Atlanta Hawks fired their coach today. Nate McMillan is a head coach again, which is kind of a nice story. But, um, yeah, um, Scott Brooks survives, so good good for him. Yeah, that makes uh, – that's interesting. And I'm at the point where you give him the rest of this season to see what he can do, but unless he gets himself out of the first round of the playoffs, um, which I, I doubt at this point he will, I think he's got to go. Uh, Brian, your quick thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, the Celtics have been kind of struggling a bit. So, and, you know, they didn't have Brown, who, like Arun said, has been arguably their best player all season. So I thought they might win this game. And then just a series of tough breaks. You mentioned Beal slipping out of bounds. And, um, yeah, you're right. It didn't really seem like there was a lot of um, organization on the last play. It didn't seem like there was a real play design. So, um, you know, they may – they may rue the day that they let this one slip away. Um, they, they might regret letting this game slip out of their hands. Um, this was the tough loss for sure uh, to the Celtics. And champ, your quick thoughts. Robbie, you said it in our group chat on, on the night of the game, shot selection sucked. The fact that, and let me look at this. 
they went 28% from three-point range to tell you that that their shot selection was absolutely atrocious. Like, you're going up there and chucking up three-pointers and not making them. Like, if you're going to chuck up three-pointers, at least make them. This game should have not been as close as it had. It was if they were, and again, I'm going back to what you said, Robbie, in the group chat, if they were driving the lane and going for those shots instead of trying to take shots from beyond the arc. This was another game where the Wizards actually played pretty decent defense, but because they were taking such unnecessary shots, this, this is why they lost the game because of the shot selection and not because of defense. Yeah, I agree. I way too many chucking of threes. Yeah. They were doing so when they were driving to the basket and I just, it's so frustrating the end of the game, just like they should have been able to call better plays or just get into the hands. You know, they should have been able to drive and yeah, free throws. I don't know. There's just, shot selection was very questionable throughout the game, but, you know, especially in the first quarter and at the very end, which are arguably the two parts that I thought um, if they could have given themselves a little bit more of a lead early on, maybe they have a bit of a bigger lead and it doesn't let them slip away. All right. These upcoming games, uh, there's a game against the Grizzlies and against the Clippers. Uh, The first one against the Grizzlies is tomorrow at seven. Uh, Then the Clippers, uh, they have an opportunity to get revenge for um, one of the big losses from last week. And that one's on Thursday at seven. And then they go on their uh, hiatus uh, for the all-star break. And then they won't play again until the following Wednesday. Um, I'll let each one of you guys pick one of the two games and give your thoughts on it. Um, and I'm going to start off with Arun. Which game do you want? Um, I'll talk about the Clippers. Um, hopefully, the Wizards, they did play really well in that third quarter. They did seem to figure some things out. Um, they need to play better against the Clippers bench. Uh, Rodney McGruger, he exposed Bradley Beal in the fourth quarter. He had like nine points in the first couple minutes of that fourth quarter because he's gassed. So Brooks needs to go to his bench and play um, Troy Brown Jr. or Bonga or somebody and see if he can get something and um, we'll see what happens. That sounds uh, good. All right, Tim, uh, your pick um, between the Grizzlies and the Clippers game, which one do you want to talk about? I'll talk about the Grizzlies. I mean, it's not a team that is on national TV a lot, despite having John Morant, but it looks like they're having a decent year. They're about 500, so this definitely won't be an easy game, but I do pick the Wizards in this one just because, uh, A, it's in D.C., and B, I think, they're going to take out some of the anger from that crushing Boston loss on Memphis. So I think this is really a game that it's not a must win, but it's one the Wizards really need to have because you don't want to go 0-2 this weekend. The Clippers game is going to be really tough. Brian, which game would you like to talk about? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just um, back up everything Tim said because I agree with it on the Grizzlies game. Um, I think that that's definitely the more winnable of the two games. I think the Clippers game is going to be really tough, but um, you know, we've we've seen the way this team has been playing lately. They're playing some good ball and they're beating teams that they should beat. And I feel like Memphis on your home floor is a game you should win. So I think the wizards are going to win tomorrow night against the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are a good team in the West, but I think this is a game 
you know, on your home floor, the way the Wizards are playing right now, I think all signs point to a win in that one. All right. And then, Champ, uh, what are your thoughts? I think the Wiz go 2-0 here. I think they beat the Grizzlies, and I think they get revenge on the Clippers. And ride that momentum of having only lost once in the last couple of weeks into the All-Star break, and then they come out of the All-Star break, and they start to really find themselves and realize who they are as a team and start to really drive themselves up the rankings in the Eastern Conference. So Grizzlies, yeah, their record is not very good. And the one guy that they have on the, on the team that can score, John Morant, only, only scores under 20 points per game. So that's a winnable game. But it seems like the Wizards tend to play down to the competition to the competition. So hopefully they don't do that. They don't play down to the Grizzlies and they absolutely just run through them. And then they get the Clippers at home and they go through the Clippers and say, Hey, y'all are in our house. Now you have to answer to us. So I think the the Wiz go two and no to go into the all-star break and really build momentum going into the second half of the season. Sounds good. All right, Arun, what are your thoughts on the the weekly record? I'm going to go one and one. They'll probably, I don't know, like, they don't seem to be, I don't know, like, are they a consistent team? It's hard to say. And um, as Tim said, the Grizzlies are playing better. Um, They Wizards could lose that game, but maybe they could upset the Clippers. I'm just going to say they're going to split both those games. And Tim, what are your thoughts on the record, Arun? Yeah. I'm gonna say split. I love the confidence of two and zero, but I can't. I can't go there. Yeah, and Brian, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm going one and one. I think they beat Memphis tomorrow, but lose the Clippers. Yeah, I also think it's gonna be one and one. All right, well, that's great. We got through all of that. We'll we'll break down both of those games next week. Uh, we'll also. Um, uh, talk maybe a little bit of the all-star game, but I'm not going to guarantee that because uh, I'm not sure I'm going to watch it. We'll, we'll see. Because my favorite part of all-star weekend is like the dunks and the three-point shooting and all that sort of stuff, which they're not even doing, right? So uh, no, they are doing that this year, but it's going to be, I think the dunk contest is at halftime. And I think uh, the three-point contest is at maybe the start of the game, but they are doing it this year. Yeah, uh, there's a wrestling pay-per-view taking place on that night, so I will not be watching it. Yeah. Uh, Arun, do you know anything about the schedule at all? Um, They're going to do the uh, some of the festivities at like halftime, apparently, like a three-point shootout with fewer contestants. Interesting. Interesting. Obi Toppin's in the dunk contest for the Knicks. Yes, he is. Good. Thanks for pointing that out, Tim. Yes, he is. I think they only have three or three contestants, though. Interesting. Weird, interesting. Weird. I'm happy that they have it because without that, I don't think I'd care at all. So I might tune in just for that. All right. Um, I'm going to let everyone give their final uh, thoughts uh, and then uh, I'll get Carol back on and we'll wrap this up. Uh, both segments went much longer than I expected, but lots of games, lots of wins, uh, a lot to celebrate. Tim, uh, I'll let you be the first to give your final thoughts. Uh, do you have any final things you want to say? Yeah, I just had a lot of fun tonight. I think, these uh, weekly segments are a lot more fun with the Wizards playing 
competitive basketball and we have some more optimistic stuff to talk about. So anyway, let's hope uh, the the trend continues and uh, we play good basketball after the um, All-Star break. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Tim. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. All right, Arun, I'm going to let you uh, give uh, your final thoughts before we let you go. Yeah. um, I guess I would say Westbrook isn't even a top four point guard of Washington all time. You got Earl Monroe, you got Wall, Gilbert Arenas. I would even take hot dog eating Rod Strickland during the game over him and um, the Washington football team. Shout out to them for, uh, getting, I guess, like the, it's rumored that Alex Smith is leaving town. I can't remember the last time a comeback player of the year left his team. I think it might be the first time in NFL history. So, um, Washington football team making new things happen every day. And that's it. Sounds good. Thank you, Arun, uh, for joining us as always. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Later. All right. Uh, Brian, uh, I like that you're doing your shows on Friday now. So uh, thank you. People should uh, tune in uh, to that. Uh, again, uh, podcast partners button on sportsothb.com, or you can search for Upon Further Review uh, with Brian Brennan on all different podcast uh, platforms. Um, uh, I really enjoyed uh, your segments the last couple of weeks uh, with the Ask Brian. Uh, and uh, I like how you do your recap, all the different sports stuff. So uh, anything on the agenda for this week? Um, I'm, I'm planning for Friday's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Um, I had talked to my friend Charlie because uh, he might be on, so I might be interviewing him. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and we might do another Ask Brian because, um, like you said, the Ask Brian segment is becoming really popular. Like, it's uh, people are actually – you know, starting to come up with questions for me outside of when I'm doing it. So I might do another one because I have a solid list of questions that I can do for last time. But yeah, like you said, check out the podcast wherever podcasts are available um, and plenty more content on the way. It's been a lot of fun and um, stay tuned for episode 33 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan this Friday. Thank you so much, Brian. We'll talk to you next week. No problem, Robbie. Thank you. All right, champ, let people know what's happening on the No Spots podcast. Oh, man, listen, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, they just announced that they're unifying the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships, and the New Japan Cup is starting this Thursday. So this coming Wednesday on twitch.tv forward slash true no spots pod, myself and Sage will preview the New Japan Cup and give you our predictions for that, as well as on the regular podcast, we will talk about uh, we will talk about Revolution for AEW, which is coming up this Sunday. We got a lot coming for you guys this week in terms of wrestling, so just rock with us. You know what I'm saying? Rock with us. <clears throat> Sounds good. We appreciate you as always, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for having me. All right, Chad. Take it easy. All right, Carol. I know we planned it for an hour and a half show, and both segments ran 15 minutes long, but they were great segments. And we also got a little bit of um, 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 a little bit of uh, Washington football team talk in there as well. Uh, my wife is calling me to let me know that this is over, um, but I'll let you do a quick little re- uh, wrap up, and then uh, everyone should stay tuned to sportsothp.com has all of our win recap videos and all of our podcast stuff and merch and more. 
And Carol, your final thoughts. As always, appreciate y'all tuning in, checking us out. I think Robbie's been putting out some great content with the Capitals and Wizards. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Like you said, you can check out my YouTube channel or continue to follow the Sports OTHP page and check out Robbie. We love all the uh, folks checking us out. Uh, stay tuned. You know, football season, you know, just ended, but the all season about to start. Uh, once I get out of a uh, restriction on streaming on my page or uh, whenever that might happen. Uh, you know me and Dudes and is going to break down all the off-season stuff, you know, with the quarterback situation, the salary cap, pending free agents, draft, all of that good stuff. So stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you uh, check out Sports OTHP for the apparel. I'm rocking the burgundy and gold. Robbie got the district of champions pillow in the back. I got the backdrop. And we also got the uh, the classic hoodie. You've got the Washington football team color hoodie. We got we got it all going on. Yeah, so make sure y'all check it out. Appreciate all the support, you know, all the love and appreciation. If you're looking for a new user, pre-owned certified vehicle, you know, the high lab, me down the Waldorf Honda, 2450 train highway. Hit me up, inbox me, or come on down. Uh, make sure you check me out on at the bar radio Sundays, 6 p.m. Excuse me, we're talking politics, current events, independent music, interview guests, and uh, at the bar radio. So it's a little bit different from Sports on the Hill podcast. Check it out. Streaming live on YouTube and Periscope. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm going to end the show as always with uh, Network Affiliate Renegade 703. Make sure you go follow them. Streaming on all platforms, Money Convo, and you know how we do. CP3, Robbie G, Sports OTHP. We out.